Welcome to This is Richardson. I'm Tiffany Norris. This is a podcast that tells the stories of the people and places of Richardson, Texas. Today, we're telling the story of Woody B's Barbecue. But first, I wanted to tell you the story of how our family encountered Woody B's. We had had a long day of house hunting when we were first moving over here. And if you know the Richardson real estate market, you will understand that we were exhausted and starving. We were driving down Nantucket and we happened to see the sign for Woody Bees. And so we pulled in to give it a try. And when we got out of the car, the smell was absolutely amazing. Now, I'm a vegetarian, but it was still so incredible that I was willing to at least go in and see what they had. So when we got inside, we realized, as you'll hear, that it is not a sit-down restaurant. The food, for the most part, is to take home and cook. So that day, we were seriously heartbroken. But we were so impressed with how the food looked and how friendly Woody was that we determined to come back as soon as we found a place to live and move to Richardson. So that is exactly what we did. We have been many times, and we love the food there, and we think you will too. Here's Woody B. and his Richardson story. Tell us a little bit more about your story and your family history with the business. Well, I, uh, I'll summarize because it's, uh, you know, I've been around the block a few times. Um, I'm an old corporate guy by trade. I've, I've run five different restaurant chains, and none of them did I sell barbecue. Oh. My barbecue love came from my father. Uh, when he was alive, um, all the way back to my teenage years, we would fire up a homemade barbecue pit and smoke. All we ever smoked was brisket and chicken. And then as he got older, my brothers and sister and I, we custom built him a barbecue smoker in Austin, Texas for his 70th birthday in 1987. And it was a great smoker. Uh, I'll I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, And every time as I was moving all over the country with my various jobs and my family, every time we'd come back to Austin, my father and I would invariably fire up the pit and we would smoke brisket and chicken. He was really good. Uh, and he used mesquite, which is what I use here at, at Woody B's Mesquite Barbecue. Um, the truth of it is, uh, we were really doing that just to have some great beer drinking time together. Uh, we were pretty good smokers. We were really good beer drinkers. Uh, and, and we enjoyed that, and he enjoyed that time with me. And, and he taught me uh, how to tend to fire and how to season those two meats. And fast forward to, gosh, 2000 and. 2003 when I retired, uh, I went down to Austin, and, and Daddy had died back on Super Bowl Sunday in 1994, but his smoker was still in the backyard, and I pulled a trailer down there, and uh, I told my brothers they can either fight me for it or I can just take it. Either way, I'm coming home with it, and they said, take it, uh, <laughs> because I'm the only one with a smoking bug, so I brought that smoker home and put it in my backyard in Richardson, uh, about a mile from here. And I started smoking and because I finally had time. I wasn't running restaurants all over the world and chasing airplanes. and I had time. Smoking is a, is a real art. It's, uh, it takes a lot of patience. You can't rush it. Uh, if you try that, it, the product just isn't as good. And I gradually added backyard items from brisket and chicken to pork and ribs and salmon. And I would take these items to parties. Or I'd just give them away to neighbors uh, who were coughing on my smoke anyway uh, that was blowing next door. And I would take it to church events, Christmas parties. Inevitably, people would order from me. And they knew I was retired. 
and the word spread. There's this guy in Richardson. He smokes all this great food in his backyard, and he'll smoke you a brisket. He'll smoke you three racks of ribs or a, or a pork shoulder or a salmon. When I added salmon to my backyard menu, that's when my backyard exploded. I had to buy a second smoker. But it went for seven years. I was retired for seven years. And every year I got busier and busier and busier. And all of a sudden I wasn't retired anymore, mm. especially at Christmas time. Uh, the orders at Christmas came so much that I had I just had to go from about 8 in the morning until midnight on both smokers. And my poor wife, she's just coughing and hacking. I mean, our backyard is billowing smoke. Our patio turned black. Oh. Our little brown wiener dog turned black. <laughs> Her clothes turned black. Uh, she finally just said, Woody, this is crazy. You know, you've got a business here. Uh, why don't you just go open a real business? And I'm like, why don't you go open a real business? I said, I've worked for 32 years. I said, I'm done. This is my retirement. <laughs> um, but I knew if I stopped, I, I had already served, seriously, uh, give or take a thousand. I, I had already served about 20,000 people mm. all over this, all over North Dallas, not just Richardson. I mean, people were driving into my house from Carrollton and Farmer's Branch and Mesquite and Allen and Plano and South Oak Cliff. And I mean, the word had spread. So... This place that you're sitting in right now came available. It was an old fried pie place, and it's very handy. It's, it's a mile from my home, and uh, no way was I going to do a restaurant. I'm done with that. I just tell people, quite frankly, I'm too old and I'm too tired to mess with that. I'm just not going to do that. So I opened this little take-home heat-and-eat joint, and I said, we'll do a little catering with it, but I'll have this cooler here, and you can take it home and heat it and eat it. And that's the way we sell it here every day, out of that cooler. So all my meats are in vacuum-packed, about one-pound, uh, heat-sealed boiling bags. And you buy them out of my cooler, and you take them home. You, you boil a pot of water, and you drop a pound of brisket or ribs or chicken or sausage or pork into that boiling water in the bag. It's very safe. It's a boiling bag. It's manufactured to boil. And it, it protects my barbecue. It, it, it generates a product that is exactly out of the bag in your home the way I put it in the bag here. It's perfect. Mm. The salmon, you don't want to do that with because it'll cook. And the tenderloin, you don't you don't boil either because it'll, it'll cook. But all the other meats are hearty enough. So that's a big part of our business. Our sides are wonderful. I mean, I developed all the sides at home too. I left that out. I, I started doing coleslaw and potato salad and, and beans and the chicken mac and cheese. Those All those products were developed in my home, in my backyard, in my kitchen. And so when I opened the doors on January 11th of 2011, I knew I had a good product and I knew I had a big following. So what I didn't know was that people were going to want us for catering so much. Mm. I knew we'd cater a little bit. Well, I was wrong. Catering is 60% of our business. That cooler out there is 40% of our business. Huh. And we just recently here about six months ago started shipping our product nationwide. So you can oh. go to woodybeesbbq.com. Click on the online ordering link and, and order whatever barbecue you want to ship wherever you want, to whomever you want, however you want. You can do it on ground. You can do it overnight. Uh, and you just put your credit card in and, and put in the shipping address. We pack it right here in this kitchen. Uh, this kitchen behind me here is run by me and Kevin Kramer. Kevin's been with me for seven years. He's a, he's a culinary graduate. And he was a graduate of the Le Cordon Bleu. Mm -hmm. um, he's a great guy. He's been with me seven years. It's just me and Kevin. We do all the food. It's really a, a pretty squirrely little place in that regard. <laughs> I mean, it, it, a two-man kitchen. Mm -hmm. But, man, we can pump it out. 
We have a huge smoker. It, it weighs 4,000 pounds. It'll oh, smoke wow. 800 pounds of meat at once. Um, it's a great piece of equipment. It's called an Oiler 700. It's made right here in Mesquite, Texas at hmm. JNR Manufacturing. We had to remove the front of our building to get it in, um, and it sits right behind me here where we're talking. It's a great smoker, and we use mesquite wood. You can't get mesquite barbecue anywhere in, in Dallas that I know of. You're surrounded by hickory and oak, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those are great woods. I was raised on mesquite. I love it, and, and I've learned how to smoke with it, and it's magical, absolutely magical, with the salmon and the tenderloin. Those two products are so good. I mean, they're just, and they're so unique. Mm-hmm. Nobody has them, really. And our other products are great, too. So that's how it all started. It started with my dad a long time ago as a hobby in my backyard when I retired. And now it's a business. We've been here eight and a half years. It's really easy to remember when Woody B's open. Just remember the number one. One, 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 one. <laughs> January 11th of 2011. Nice. At 11 o'clock. Oh. Yeah. On purpose, I guess. It, I just, just to... a fluke, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, we've been here a lot longer than I thought. Hmm. I, I thought I'd do this three or four years and and then get back to being retired again. Mm. If you look behind you, you'll, you'll see what motivates me. Oh. Uh, those are my 12 grandchildren and my children and their spouses and my wife. Oh, my. Look there's, at that. There's 22 of us, and um, they all live right here in Richardson. Oh, how wonderful. All four of my kids, all four of our kids went to very faraway colleges, and they all moved back here mm. and are raising their families here. So... Um, I, uh, I didn't think I'd be here eight and a half years uh, watching them grow up somewhat of at a distance. But you know what? A couple of them work here. Um, to the two oldest boys, they, they work here during the summer a little bit, just cleaning up and mm-hmm. sweeping and doing dishes oh. and stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's a true family business then. Well, my wife helps me a lot. Giggy, Giggy's instrumental here. She's very, very good with my catering team, mm-hmm. uh, especially at weddings. Mm. Uh, for some reason... The brides really like having a woman there instead of a big old ugly guy. Uh, and she she adds that woman's touch at the weddings. I bring her to every wedding. Um, and we have done, gosh, 60 weddings, I bet, in eight oh, and a half wow. years. Yeah. Oh, my. We do a lot of catering. Mm. Office parties, mm-hmm. in-home celebrations, birthdays, mm-hmm. wedding anniversaries, lots of school parties. Oh, we're okay. the rich and independent school district's preferred barbecue caterer. Really, we have to win that. We have to win that contract every three years, mm. and we've had it for ever since we opened. That's amazing. Um, and that that's great. I mean, we're, we haven't been to every Richardson school. There's mm-hmm. sixty of them, I think, mm-hmm. but we've been to. Two thirds of them. Wow. Uh, we feed the administrative offices. We we feed this the school board. Mm-hmm. Um, we it's 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 been a great partnership. Mm-hmm. Great partnership. Uh, we we're partners with Festive Kitchen. Oh sure. Uh, Festive yeah. Kitchen's pretty okay. famous caterer in their own right. Uh-huh. Um, the owner uh, Sandy Quorum. She came in early, early, early first year we opened, and she said I should carry your salmon in my stores. It's perfect for what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said okay. So they carry it at their Snyder Plaza store. So anyway, uh, that's the story of how it started mm-hmm. um, and a little bit about my family. And, uh, yeah, it is a mom-and-pop place. Uh, she works the front. Giggy mm-hmm. works the front when I when I need her to. She's mostly doing that. She's mostly grandma. Where do you get your meat from? I get my meat from three different sources. Um the salmon is wild caught and it's delivered from a seafood supplier, oddly enough, named Seafood Supply. There you go. <laughs> uh, and it's wild caught salmon up in the North Atlantic and it's delivered on ice 
and I get it off the truck and it's on the smoker within 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's off the smoker and chilling and then into the bags it goes or onto a, a, a if you order an entire salmon, we put that on a tray for you. You have to order that. Um, I am a big restaurant depot fan. Uh, they have a lot of meats there and I get to pick out the cases myself, inspect them myself. I go buy all of my products. Um, Kevin and I ourselves, we don't have anything delivered here to the store except the salmon. We go buy all our produce fresh. We go buy all of our, what we call other foods, which isn't meat or, or produce. Uh, we buy all of those fresh and we handpick them off the shelves. Um, I tried a, a purchasing, um, company. Um, there's dozens of them out there and I dealt with them all my life in my old corporate days. I knew I was too small for them to pay attention to me and to get the specs, the product specs that I wanted, mm. but I tried it and it didn't last for three months. So for eight years, we've been going out every Monday morning and we buy the products, the raw products ourselves and put our hands on them and pick them. Uh, and if we don't like the way they look, we don't buy them. So are you from the Richardson area originally? I'm from Corpus from- Christi. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so you my wife from- and I are, were both Corpus Christi natives. Mm-hmm. Uh, our families were raised down there. She's one of eight. I'm one of five. And uh, she still has uh, four siblings mm-hmm. uh, down there. All, all my family, uh, all my brothers live in Austin, and my sister lives in Seguin, Texas. But we're Corpus Christi people, and we both met in high school. Um, she stalked me. <laughs> um, I tried to keep her away. She, poor thing. No, actually, I stalked her for the better part of my senior year. Finally caught her. Uh, and we ended up at SMU together. Uh, huh. Very fluke God thing, in my opinion. Uh, we were very poor. We we just did not have a lot of money. Certainly not enough money to go to a private, expensive college like SMU. Uh, we both got scholarships. I got an academic scholarship, and she got a dance scholarship. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we ended up there together, and mm-hmm. we dated all four years. And uh, we graduated on a Sunday, May 18th, and we got married the following Friday on May 23rd. Oh, how And wonderful. we had no idea of what to do. I, know I had no direction. I, I wanted to be a doctor, and I had given up on that just that last semester. I just, after chasing that dream all my life, I'd Right at the end of my college career, I'm like, eh. So uh, we moved back to Corpus, and uh, and I actually ran a swimming pool that summer, and that had been my summer job for years and years and years. And uh, I did I had never worked in a restaurant, and her father ran a pizza place. This hmm. is how all this thing started. I mean, her father said, "What are you going to do now?" And I, I don't know. You know, the pool's closing. I can't teach swimming lessons anymore. But I made a ton of money that summer. That's why I did that. I knew we could put away a lot of money, mm-hmm. and. Um, and he said, why don't you come learn the pizza business? And I'm like, with about that much thought, Tiffany, I said, okay. And I was working at Angelo's Pizza, her father and mother's place uh, that had been there for 40 years at that point, something like that. Uh, okay, maybe 30. And a, a good friend of mine from SMU called me, uh, Chuck Paul. Uh, he was a fraternity brother of mine. And his dad and he and his brother had worked for Steak and Ale restaurants all their lives. Uh, and I'd been hearing about steak and ale, steak and ale from him for four years at SMU. And he said, why don't you, she said, I know you're going to the food business. And I said, well, neither did I, you know, he goes, well, why don't you interview with steak and ale? And I said, right, sure. They're going to hire me. I said, I, I, my, my restaurant resume was 15 years old, three months, one summer at a chicken place at a fried chicken place. 
where I just fried chicken and got zits. I mean, I mean, you got 15 <laughs> new zits every day. This is grease fog. Uh, and that was it. That's the only restaurant I'd ever worked in. I'm like, enough of that. And that was hard. But he got me the interview. And uh, for some reason, they hired me. And it was the biggest break I could ever get. Norman Brinker was the founder. And we were going and blowing. It was like a rocket ship. I mean, it was 1975. Steak and Ale was exploding, uh, and they needed bodies. That's why I got hired. Mm. I really don't know why they hired me. I mean, I really don't. Um, but they did, and uh, I thank God for it every day because it was just the best place in the world to work. Steak and Ale was a family back in those days. It was it was this close knit, fiercely loyal, just engendered this commitment and this drive and this energy, and it all started with Norman. Um, and, and I got on the steak and ale bandwagon and we moved nine times in 10 years mm. and, uh, all my children are steak and ale babies. Oh, wow. And so that started it. And then when I left steak and ale, uh, I spent the rest of my life, um, director of operations of, of four other companies teaching the values and the lessons that I learned at steak and ale to other people. Uh, and I still use them today at Woody B's mm. in a much smaller way. Yeah. You know, so. How did you land in Richardson specifically? When I left Steak and Ale, I spent quite a while trying to find the perfect job. And and the perfect job that I found just happened to be in England, Birmingham, England. Oh. All the kids were small um, and young, and, and I thought it'd be good for them to see another country. Uh, and so we took it, and we moved to England. And and I did that for a year and a half, and, and then I moved back to the States and Richardson was where we moved back to, and that was 1989. Mm. Okay, so we've been in Richardson for 30 years. Um, all my kids went to Richardson schools. They went to Prairie Creek Elementary. They went to North Junior High, and they went to Pierce High School. Um, and it's just a great community. Uh, my daughter went to Ursuline Academy. We gave her the choice mm. of Pierce or Ursuline, and she, she went to Ursuline. And I think that's why they're back here. I mean, I would like to think it's because of me, but it's not. Um, I think it's because of their mother. Well, I know it's because of their mother, and uh, and it's a great place. I mean, Richardson is just such a fantastic place to raise. You see so many second- and third-generation families coming back to Richardson after they've gone off to college or wherever to raise their families. My family is certainly nothing special in that regard. It happens a lot uh, because Richardson is such a drawing card. It's it's just a great community. It's a uh, it's a wonderful place to raise your children as far as education mm. I mean, and, and it's safe um, and property values are great. And you know, there's lots of things to see and do. And um, you know, we love it here. We'll never leave. Mm. We'll never leave. So what's it like owning a business here? Do you, oh, God, is, that's a great what, question. Yeah. I, 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 I'll answer that probably a little differently than you expect. Uh, I, I'm, you, you got to understand I, I'm an old corporate guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have always all these people working for me, working with me. I mean, it, when I would open a restaurant in St. Louis, Missouri, I would call the home office and just tell them the, our carpet's not here yet or our liquor license isn't here yet. And I, I never did any of that. I mean, I just had I had this huge home office wherever I was with people that did payroll, people that paid our taxes, people that that uh, you know, trainers and, and recruiters that hired our people. 
you know, my job was to keep everything running. You know, I was an operations guy, you know, to keep the managers on course and, and on task and, and make sure that the food was great and that the sales were great and customers are being taken care of and the place is clean and all the operational things. But I, my point is, I just had this huge support wherever I was, mm. this gigantic machine. And sometimes the, the companies were smaller, but I still, for the restaurants I was running, I always had support people. Uh, then I put that sign up out there eight and a half years ago, Woody Bees. Nobody knows who Woody is except the people who've been buying in my backyard. <laughs> I mean, I had to do everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a construction team to build this place. I mm-hmm. had to do it. You know, I didn't, I didn't have anybody to, to go get my permits. I had to do it. I didn't have anybody to hire my people. I had to do it. I didn't have anybody to pay my taxes and set up all my tax. Yeah. I had to do it. So you're having to do all this stuff. It was humbling. It was, it it made me appreciate all my support people for 32 years. (laughs) Like, I wonder what they all do. Now I know what they do. I'm doing payroll. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm printing the checks. Uh, I'm doing the QuickBooks. You know, I do have an accountant. I do have a, a, a young lady that's been a good friend of mine for, 30 years. And then she actually, she actually does all my invoicing stuff. Cause I just, I don't want to do that. Um, but everything else, you know, all the ordering and, and, and that's all, that's all like falling off a horse that I used to ride back in my steak and ale days, because, you know, I, I wasn't born at steak and ale as a, as a regional manager running 90 restaurants. I was an assistant for two and a half years. Mm. I was a GM for three years. Mm. I mean, I ran the restaurants for mm-hmm. five, a restaurant for five years. So I remember all that. It's just that I had to do it a long time. <laughs> so, so it was really humbling. I mean, it, you know, you, you you think you've really got a great product and you've had all these people come into your house for seven years and you think you're just going to get flooded when you open and, and you don't. You know, mm-hmm. you, you got to really work at it. I have mm-hmm. to earn people's trust every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's what we try to do. You know, I, I tell people every day um, we want every bite right. And it sounds real cliche, um, but that's what we try to do. We're real, real picky back there in the kitchen when we're putting our food together. You know, I, I think the barbecue business is not necessarily known for that. The barbecue business is so prolific in Texas. Um, there's so many of us. We can't all be good. There's too many of us. I mean, sorry. I mean, that's just the truth. As much as we want to brag about how great we are in Texas with barbecue, the fact is most barbecue places are not very good. Mm. Uh, there's, don't get me wrong, there's some great ones. There's some unbelievable ones. But there's so many that just kind of sling it, you know. They just kind of, especially the sides. Mm-hmm. You can't find really great sides hardly anywhere mm. except here. And I know that sounds incredibly arrogant to your listeners, our sides are so good. They're so hard to make. Uh, we're so exacting. Um, and the smoked chicken mac and cheese is a religious experience in your mouth. Yes. It, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, our sides are as good as our as our meats, mm. and maybe even better. Uh, and we put a lot of love into them. So it's it's just something that you know people come in every day for the first time, and they look around and they cock their head like a dog. Uh, who's hearing a siren because they, they don't, they don't, you know, they do this and cock their head. Like, where, where do we sit down? I said, well, there's a floor. If you want to sit on the floor, that's about the only place. There's no chairs. There's no dining. You can't eat here. Uh, cause I'm done with that. Uh, and people ask me every once in a while, like, well, why, why don't you do a restaurant? I said, have you ever run a restaurant? 
And, and oddly enough, nobody that ever asked me that has ever run a restaurant. Mm. And, and if you have, then you know why I'm not doing it in my 60s. Mm-hmm. You know, I did it for 32 years. I'm just, no. Mm-mm. You know, maybe the next guy, maybe someday if I sell this place, maybe the next guy will want to make a little restaurant out front there. You could do it. You could put eight, ten tables out there, take this office out, and turn it into a little restaurant if you wanted to, but, but not me. Uh, well, what's your favorite food, or two, if you can't narrow it down to one, but for, that you like to take home for dinner? What's Well, the salmon is absolutely the star mm. of, this, of this place. Uh, our lemon pepper and mesquite smoked salmon is, is just magical. It's so good. Peep, I'll tell you how good it is. I'm supposed to say, how good is it? How good uh, is it? It's so good uh, that non-salmon eaters, about three out of four, this is a very non-scientific poll, Tiffany. I, I, I don't have stats on a computer, but you know, salmon's a pretty strong fish. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are turned off by it because it's so strong. Whatever we do to it knocks all that fishiness out of it, and it just mellows it out. And there's this beautiful mixture and this melding of flavors between this mesquite and the lemon pepper. All we put on is lemon pepper. Mm. It's a great piece of fish to start. That's important for your listeners to know about. It's a wonderful piece of fish. And then we trim it and we check it for bones. And and there's a couple little bones in it every once in a while. And and we put lemon pepper on it and we smoke it. And we smoke it to a very specific temperature. uh, And we baby it. And uh, we don't rush it. And it's just three out of four. Non-salmon eaters love our salmon. Mm. Now, if you're a non-fish person, you mm-hmm. just won't eat anything that swims. Right. You're a tough nut to crack. I can't. I can't get you. <laughs> but three out of four non-salmon eaters, and and they like rejoice because it's so good for you. Mm. Salmon's one of the healthiest fish for you to eat. Mm-hmm. You know all those omega three fatty acids that are in it. It's just it's a wonderful fish for your blood, your heart, you know, your muscles, everything. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my favorite. My my personal favorite to eat is our baby back ribs, hmm. but that's in the middle of the pack sales wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, brisket's number two here because it's Texas, mm-hmm. and we tend to win best brisket in Richardson uh, every year. That's voted on by the the citizens here in Richardson, which we appreciate. Um, but it's a distant second to the salmon. Mm. The, I think the absolute best thing we do is our smoked beef tenderloin. Hmm. Uh, if you go online and look at my video, I highlight the salmon and the tenderloin because I want people to know we have them because nobody else really has those products. Ah. And I tell people that, you know, the tenderloin is like uh, meat butter. My daughter calls it meat butter. It's it's very unique. It's it's You've, you've ordered a filet in a restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. Grilled. You've probably baked a tenderloin in your oven or maybe even grilled one on a grill outside. Very few people have had a smoked beef tenderloin. Hmm. It's it's very unique. Hmm. It's it's Angus. It's mm-hmm. choice. It's heavy aged. It's a step below prime, just a notch below prime. Uh, and if I bought prime, I'd have to charge like you know sixty bucks a pound for it. Uh, I think it's the best thing we do. Uh, it's definitely a specialty item. And I tell people the words gourmet and barbecue do not go together. <laughs> you never hear anybody saying I sell gourmet barbecue. But I do. I sell a product that is gourmet barbecue, and it's our it's our smoked tenderloin. It's mm. our beef tenderloin. Wow! It's magnificent. Um, it's at a lot of parties. It's at a lot of weddings when we cater weddings. That's the centerpiece of our weddings. Hmm. Um, the salmon's at 
80% of our weddings as, uh, as an appetizer. We dress it up with crackers and whipped cream cheese and capers, mm-hmm. and people just love it. Uh, that's the way we start the wedding reception, mm-hmm. and that gets everybody going. Yeah. Uh, and then if we have if we have tenderloin and salmon at any party, mm-hmm. it, it almost is like it doesn't matter what else I bring; they don't remember them because <laughs> those two are so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm real proud of those two items. Um, nice. And those are all those are all developed in my backyard. Wow. Um, so. I know that's a lot of products to have a favorite, but that's okay. the public clearly says salmon mm-hmm. is their favorite. Mm. It's our number one seller by a long shot. And you talked a little bit about um, kind of the seasonal change, you know, that you're very popular at Christmas. I would think Thanksgiving. Are there any other seasonal kind of trends you see with the business? Uh, we're not even open on the 4th of July. Oh, and everybody, okay. everybody's like, really? you're kidding me. 4th of July. It's the biggest barbecue day in the nation. I mm-hmm. said, yeah, in your backyard. Oh, so everyone It is the biggest own. grilling out day of the year mm. in your backyard. I opened the first July 4th here, and it was like crickets. Hmm. I mean, I said, I ain't going to do that anymore. You know, so we don't we even open on July 4th. So that's the seasonal other way. Mm. Definitely uh, May is very seasonal. Uh, we get a lot of end-of-the-year school stuff, mm-hmm. graduations, parties, lots of catering. Memorial Day weekend is Big weekend. Uh, there's nothing like Christmas. Mm. Nothing like Christmas. Um, to put it in perspective, uh, December is one twelfth of the year, right? Yeah. It is twenty five percent of our annual sales. Oh wow! And it is probably thirty five percent of our bottom line. Mm. It's just crazy around here at Christmas. It's mm. it's so much fun. Uh, oddly enough, we don't do much catering because I can't afford to leave the store. It's just nonstop orders, pickup orders. Um, I'll give you a little insight into our business. We, we normally sell about 100 pounds of salmon a week unless we have a big party where there's a lot of salmon going on at a catering event. The week of the 20th through the 24th, this last Christmas, we sold 800 pounds of salmon. Oh, my. Wow. I usually sell a few tenderloins a month, mm-hmm. you know, unless there's catered events. And then mm-hmm. I'll sell a few that day. Because um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not pricey, but it's pricey compared to my other meats. Um, so we usually sell, I don't know, 30, 40 pounds of that a month, something like that. The week of Christmas, the 20th through the 24th, last year, we sold 300 pounds of tenderloin. Oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> and most of those were whole tenderloin ordered, pre-ordered. Uh-huh. Most of the salmon were whole fish on platters. Ooh. I had a guy walk in one day last last year, a big old pickup truck he pulls up, and I've never seen him before. He'd never been in it. He has a full-size Yeti cooler, one of the big boys. Right. He brings it in with him, and he puts it on my counter. covers my whole counter. It's a big Yeti. I mean, it's massive. He goes, fill that up with salmon. <laughs> I said, I beg your pardon? He says, fill that up with salmon. I said, so that's going to be easily 30 pounds of salmon. That's going to be over $600. He goes, fill it up. I said, where are you going? He goes, I'm going home. I said, where's home? He said, Utah. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, well, when did you have it? He goes, I had it last night at a party. I said, you had my salmon last night at a party, and you're buying $600 to put in your truck and drive to Utah. That's how good that stuff is. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I have stories like that all the time. I oh, mean, that's I, amazing. I, I'm not like that, but close yeah. to that. It, 
it, this food's addictive. Mm. I mean, it's really pretty special. I'm yeah. real proud of it. It's, oh. it's really good. Well, how it's kind of similar to the seasonal changes. How, and you mentioned that you ship now, but how mm-hmm. else um, has the business changed over the last eight and a half years? Yeah, you know, it really hasn't that much. Uh, what what has grown steadily as a percentage of my sales is the catering segment. That has changed. The the more we do of that, the more we do of that. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the coolers there every day, and and the community here buys that. We don't have a lot of people driving in from way far away for my cooler. It's mm. mostly Richardson, Plano, Allen, you know, um, because we're, we're close. The catering is everywhere. Mm. I mean, we cater all over, all over Dallas. We catered a wedding in Austin oh, last wow. year. All right. Yeah. It was a lady whose, whose daughter's wedding we did up here in McKinney two years ago. Mm-hmm. And she came to me and said, my next daughter's getting married in Austin. I want you to do it. I said, you're kidding me. And she said, no. I said, I'm going to have to charge you travel. I'm going to have to charge you hotels. We're going to spend the night. I'm going to have to charge you a lot of extra service because they're not going to be there for four hours. They're going to be there for 24 hours, my mm, catering crew. Right. I'm going to have to charge you mileage. She said, do it. And, and I didn't hammer her. I just charged what it was going to cost. Mm-hmm. And, and so we did it. We did a wedding in Austin, Texas. Wow. A 200-person wedding. Wow. That's amazing. So... Oh. It, it, that has changed. The catering side has gotten bigger than I thought it would be. But, and, of course, the shipping, since we've only been doing the shipping leg seven months now, that, that has changed us. Mm. That has changed us. Otherwise, the, the, the business just kind of keeps on going the same way every year. Sales just keep on increasing. You know, I haven't added a lot of new items over the years. During mm-hmm. the cold weather, we sell a brisket chili that we actually won a Knights of Columbus chili cook-off with years ago. Mm. Um, so, you know, the smoked salmon orzo pasta was developed here after we opened. I've got a couple other menu items in my head that I'm going to introduce here shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got to find another way to get that salmon to people, uh, and I've got an idea, but your listeners will just have to wait for that. Okay, well, stay uh, tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> uh, it'll be good. It'll be really good. Um so it's just been, you know, it's just a business that people have relied on. And I love that. It's hard to get people to trust you in our business. Mm. I mean, really the trust you. The restaurant business, you mean? Yeah. I mean, there's so many choices. Mm. And all it takes is one bad experience. Right. And you go somewhere else. I mean, this town is part of Dallas, Texas. I mean, <laughs> thousands and thousands of choices. Uh, Probably hundreds and hundreds of barbecue choices within, I don't know, 15 miles of me. You know, you have to earn people's trust. You have to, you have to really provide a great consistent product at a great price with great service. Mm. And, and thanks to my training and my background, that's what we do. We just fawn all over you at catered events. We smother you with kindness. (laughs) Uh, we do, and, and people just can't believe it, um, and they can't believe that I'm there. I mean, I don't want to blow my horn so much, but I'm going to be there. I work every party, and I don't walk around like a big shot. I work the party. I'm bussing tables. I'm serving food. I'm setting up the buffet line. I'm tearing it down. I'm putting to-go boxes together at the end, personally serving the bride and groom their own plates. I mean, it, it's not a big secret of how to run a restaurant. It's just so hard to do it day in and day out. Norman Brinker used to say, 
I can teach my 14 year old daughter. If you give me about three hours with her, I can teach her how to run a salad bar, you know, how to stock it, keep it pretty, keep it clean, keep it iced. I can teach her how to do that for a day. It's really hard to do that all day, every day, 365 days a year. Mm. It's hard because there's so much that can go wrong. And, you know, the public is now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how the business has changed. I'll I'll come back to that question. Uh, Social media, things like Facebook and, and Yelp were not as prominent back in 11 as they are now. Those two platforms have really exploded. Everybody's a critic now. Everybody not only is a critic, but now they have a way to reach the masses about you on Yelp mm-hmm. or any of those other kind of food critic spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can kill you. Yeah. And they can just kill you. Um, we have a four and a half star rating on Yelp. Oh, good. <laughs> thank you, Yelp people. Uh, thank you, all the people that have reviewed us. Um, but that's real different. I mean, that is real, real different. I mean, it used to be. You would just kind of go tell some of your friends if you liked a place or just tell a few of your, a lot of your friends if you didn't like the place. Uh, studies have shown that bad news in our business travels so much faster and so much further than good news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, with all these online reviews, that's a huge change, change for all of us, mm-hmm. not just me. I mean, for every restaurant, for every car mechanic, mm-hmm. for every you know grocery store everybody's a critic. Yeah. I'm in public service. I work at UTD's library and, you know, people rarely will compliment you if you do your job right. They're much more likely to say something if they don't like a service they received or something to do with the product. And Well, I, I yeah, love that. So. I, I, I love complaints. We don't mm-hmm. get a lot here, uh, but I used to teach complaint handling. You can ask anybody that used to work with me. I learned a long time ago that complaints are a blessing because most people, are too bashful and too afraid of confrontation to complain Hmm. while they're eating. So they leave and they never come back. And while they're gone, they tell on an average of 13 people how bad you were. Okay. If you get a complaint before they leave, it's a blessing. They're doing you a huge favor. So all you people that are listening, I urge you, if it ain't right, okay, Sorry, that sounded a little Texan, didn't it? If it isn't right, say something. A good manager will want to know, and and he works hard, and she works hard, and she deserves the chance to correct one of their people's faults, one of their cook's faults, some of their cleanliness faults. We're human. We make mistakes. Tell them Mm. while you're there and give them the chance to correct it. Uh, And if they're good and they're not defensive and Mm -hmm. they're not thinking about their profit margin and all they're thinking about is getting you back, they will they will pull a rabbit out of a hat to make you happy Uh, and they'll fix the problem and and you'll leave happy. And then you can go tell everybody how good that manager was or uh, how good that employee was or that waiter, that bartender that fixed your problem right there, right then. Uh, Complaints nowadays, it seems like. Even more people just leave, and now they go and yelp and just hammer you. Mm. And it's it's a bit unfair. I'm mm-hmm. a bit defensive about it. Uh, I don't get a lot of that, but I, I see it. I see it on Facebook. People will hammer businesses on Facebook posts, mm-hmm. and I'm always coming on there. I'm the I'm the voice of the wilderness. I'm like I say, I say, did you did you say anything while you were there? 
did you give the guy a chance mm. or the girl a chance to make it right? Or did you just come home and post it on Facebook? It's just not, it's just not right. I mean, we work too hard. All businesses work, not just restaurant business, but all businesses work hard to get that customer. And, and we don't have long to interface with you. If, if we're in a restaurant, it's lunchtime. We got about 45 minutes to convince you to come back. If it's dinner time, we got about an hour and a half and that's it. You know, and I'm not even running a restaurant anymore, but um, the the complaint side is too quiet in my book, face to face, way too loud on social media. That's just my opinion. The last question I have is one that um, that I want to ask all our guests, and that's what's your favorite local Richardson business? Mm. Business or restaurant business? Either one. Yeah, anything. Just what's, um, yeah, one of your favorites here. Mm. Let me think about that for a minute. I love Pitcock Automotive. Hmm. Okay. Uh, it's a couple of brothers that have taken over their dad's business. Uh, and they're just honest and good uh, with your car problems. You know, in, in, a, in a world of absolute crooks and people that just hammer you, especially if you're a woman. I mean, women just get so taken advantage of in car places. They're just as honest as they as long. Give them a shout out. Um I like Tricky Fish over in uh, the State Farm oh, um, yeah. okay. development. I never can remember the name of that development. I always, mm-hmm. always forget over, over here in um, Renner and in Richardson. Tricky Fish is really good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge seafood fan, but they're good. Uh, their service is good. Their product's really good. And, and I like, I like you know, supporting them. Um, Shady's. Shady's here in uh, mm-hmm. Two Creeks, yeah, and Frankie's. Oh yeah, uh, I, I like both of those guys. Mm. And, and you know that whole development is is was done by some friends of mine here in our neighborhood. Oh nice. Yeah, um, a lot of Richardson boys and girls are invested in that heavily. Mm. So I got to give them a shout out as well. That's all I had. But is there anything else you'd like to add about Richardson or your business or anything else? I would just say, uh, and this is going to sound weird. Um, Coming from a chain operator, you know, I've been responsible for over 500 restaurants across five chains. It's hard to run a chain. It's, it's very, very difficult to run it. It's hard to produce and reproduce and replicate your culture, your product, your people, your training, your cleanliness standards, your, your, your attitude, your, mm. your service standards across a big country like America, or even a city like Dallas. It's hard to do that. But as far as the people in Richardson, I would encourage them. It's okay to go to chains. I mean, I sure appreciated it when I was running them. But if you really want to support Richardson, support, support the local business guy or girl. Yes. Support, support that mod pod uh, because they work just as hard, uh, if not harder. My favorite thing that Woody Bees has, hands down, is the smoked Gouda cheese. It is incredible. I also love their beans. And even though I'm a vegetarian, I have been known to splurge on his smoked salmon pasta salad. Check out the full menu at woodybeesbbq.com. And you can follow Woody Bees on Facebook and Instagram. We'll link to all of those in the show notes. We are on Facebook and Instagram as well, and we'd love to hear your favorites of Woody Bees too. So connect with us there or at thisisrichardson.com. Thanks for listening to This is Richardson. 